Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kike. Hello, Jamie Van Kike here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, we have on guest Kristen Diaz. Kristen currently runs a virtual assistant business, but before that, she had other dreams. After graduating college, she thought she would be climbing the corporate ladder and running a marketing department for another corporations. But clearly, that did not happen. Being a type A perfectionist, she grew stressed in a 9-to-5 grind where anxiety attacks would take form often due to the need to overperform, balance outside work life, and trying to meet her goals. After realizing that she needed to take control of her anxiety and With the encouraging support of her boss, she was able to see her true passion, working for herself and helping others get balanced. Vow and Vast was born to help solopreneurs get better balance within their lives. With virtual outsourcing, assistance, and productivity coaching, Kristen believes that with her help, you'll be able to do you, but better. In today's conversation, Kristen is sharing with us not only about her decisions to leave corporate and go out on her own, but she's also sharing with us advice on how to build remote teams, whether this is with a virtual assistant or with anybody else working with outside your business walls, and how she does things different when she's gaining clients as a virtual assistant. Her number one thing to ensure before taking on a client is to ensure that they actually need her service, or if they don't, direct them to the type of service they should be hiring for their business. That way, nobody is wasting their money on the type of help that they don't need, but instead investing in the right help that's going to move their business forward. Let's jump right into the conversation with Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Thank you so much for coming on the Growing Your Team podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Can you kick us off with telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure thing. My name is Kristen Diaz. I am the CEO and owner of Val and Fast, which is a virtual assistance and productivity coaching company that specializes in helping creative entrepreneurs create a better work-life balance. So you are a very uh, integral part of a lot of people's teams as they grow their business. Yes, yes. From the moment that you're going through your first growing pains to larger scale teams, I'm there as your sidekick if needed, of course. (laughs) So how did you get started in the virtual assistant business? Um, I got started not in probably a traditional route. I think every every virtual assistant comes from a corporate um, career background, and so have I. I was in a couple of startups, and then I moved into some marketing agencies where I was always 
an account executive or marketing coordinator. So I was the person that got everything done, was sort of the project manager. And if there's any loose tasks that needed to be done, it would fall on my lap to figure out and find a solution for. So I ended up uh, becoming more of a process person as well, creating a lot of um, making a lot of inefficiencies become efficient and save time for my teams. So it went from corporate life and then um, mental health became an issue. Um, I am a recovering type A perfectionist and I am also a Virgo. So it's a nightmare scenario when it comes to being an overachiever and wanting to work and do the most and be a really integral part of a team. So once I noticed that, you know, my health wasn't the best, my mental health was not great. I um, had a wonderful conversation with my CEO at the time who recommended going out on my own. They reassured me that I had all the characteristics and traits to become a leader for myself. And they pushed me into what was supposed to be event assisting or event planning and then it pivoted to virtual assistance um, because I, I realized that I missed marketing, I missed operations, I missed all the processes and, you know, being someone's sidekicks. So I ended up falling into virtual assistance and it was probably the best decision I could ever have made because I genuinely love helping people and I've created something that is sustainable, has a great foundation and has room for growth. So which is funny because that's what I help other companies do. So yeah, kind of talking right. and talking a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to go back and talk about that, that CEO for a minute. Like so many business owners are afraid of people are going to come in, they're going to work for my company and then they're going to leave. And sometimes I'm like, but somebody leaving your company, your team is is sometimes the best thing that can happen because we can't just think about our business and ourselves. We need to think about what's best for our team members. And sometimes letting them go is the right thing. Yes, 100%. And that's, yeah, everything about this CEO is very different from leaders that I've had in the past or managers or any kind of um person that was higher up and didn't have to worry about the employees per se, but it was something that she grew herself. It was her baby, her team. She was still in the office every day and she was very present. She always had an open line of communication. She genuinely cared about every single person on the team. Like she knew everything about me. She knew that I had, you know, student loans, that I loved doing events, that she knew my preferences and what I didn't like. She knew how I fit in the team and she always asked how I was doing and she was just a very amazing, amazing leader. So I think, yeah, if, if she wasn't like that, I probably would still be working myself to death and being very um, burnt out, which was a huge issue at the time. But she, she recognized that and she saw it and she's like, listen, I want you to take care of you first. And the only thing I ever ask of you is if you know companies that would be a great client for us, send them my way. That was the only thing she was incredibly accommodating and very sincere and authentic when it came to connecting with each um, of her employees. 
Yeah. And you're left with this great relationship where you probably would refer business to her instead of leaving a company that, you know, you were, you know, in ways from, I'm assuming from what you said, stressed out, even if you like the business, you're stressed out from the work and you could have left that situation with it being such a negative experience, but she was able to turn it into a positive. Yeah. 100%. Like she knew that I loved the job. I was just such an, it was just in my personality to people please. So I would always burn myself out. So she, she just knew that she's like, you're that kind of person. You need to set your own boundaries, your own rules and your own business. She's like, I, I'm going to miss you. Like you did great work, but I, I, your, your mental health and that that's what takes precedence over everything else. She's like, do not worry. And we, <laughs> funny enough though, um, the person who we trained and replaced myself with was someone that I was really good friends with in high school. And we both had, we both worked on the newspaper together. So we were exposed to marketing at the same time. And then it ended up coming full circle with her taking my job and then me being able to feel just as good about it leaving because I knew it was going to be in good hands. So it's, yeah, it was an interesting ride. Oh, awesome. And so I kind of feel like some of what you said brings us to the next thing that I wanted to talk about. So you're now in a position because you're a virtual assistant and you're working for other businesses where you get to be in control because you're in the, filling that independent contractor role, which means you get to control the relationship and everything and build, be responsible for building that, that great relationship that you have with your clients and becoming a part of their overall team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So with that, most of your clients, if I'm remembering right, you work with on a remote scale, correct? Yes, yes. 100% remote. So if someone wanted to see me in person and we were in the same area, would 100% be open to doing in offices or just grabbing coffee, things like that. But I am fully functional to just be on a laptop and just sitting anywhere that has good Wi-Fi. So how do you go about building relationships with your clients being remote-based? Um, well, I think it all depends on the personality, to be honest. Like the first thing that I do in onboarding or any discovery calls, like any of that prelim client work, um, I kind of, I gauge their personality. I want to chat with them. I want to see them face-to-face and see if it's a good fit. Because you can usually tell if someone, if a person cannot do a remote relationship. First, I, I gauge that and see how uh, savvy they are. But also, I um, just make sure that their personality is there. You know, like, if we get along very well, then we can work through anything. Like, I can teach you all the things about how to get organized and get your tasks in place using any app that I use. But if I notice that <clears throat> our personalities don't jive and you're not going to be accepting to change, then that's going to be a huge problem for, you know, a client relationship via remote working. So it all starts with that. If it, my, my go-to is always to say, Kristen, can you have a glass of wine with them and chat about reality TV with, if not, then it's probably not going to happen. But if you can, then they're usually a good fit. Um, and that's how I kind of baseline everything when it comes to remote work and client relationships. Now, we're at a time where a lot of people are transitioning to remote work, either because 
their businesses able to work remotely or because it's being forced on a lot of businesses. So what are some of your tips for working with people remotely that they might not think of if this is something new for them? Uh, I think that it really comes down to keeping a routine. Everyone thinks that, um, you know, remote work, you can kind of do whatever you want and you can to an extent, but if you don't have a routine every day, like you did in a nine to five, then you don't know where those pockets of time where you can do something for yourself are going to present itself throughout the day. So I usually have a pretty strictish morning routine. I, I do the things that I want to do in the morning and then I go in and focus at work. But I also think, um, building a schedule around what I call our magic hours. Um, and that's when a person's most focused. So for me, it's usually 8.30 to 11. That's when I'm getting the most things done. That's when I know to tackle big projects or things that require my whole brain instead of just admin work. So a person who is now in working remote and not used to it, build that routine, figure out what your magic hours are and always communicate. You can even over communicate until you realize like the best level of communication with you, your clients or your team that's in an office, however your remote situation is. Always, always communicate, but also set those boundaries too, because you don't want everyone bombarding you with messages as you're getting work done too. So right. that's probably my golden rules. Yeah. And with that, I love the idea of like setting your golden hours. And I know some people listening might be like, you know, for those that are hiring employees and stuff like that, thinking, but shouldn't my business be more like nine to five? Don't I need everybody on and focus at the same time? And I always try to challenge that. It's like, yes, there's some businesses that need to be more nine to five because there's people interacting with the clients and people like when, if you're not remote and if you're in a certain location, they need someone there if they come in the doors or if you're having someone that's a customer service, someone needs to be answering the phone if you're telling your clients that this, these are the times you can call. But outside of that, the idea of nine to five is just, it's kind of archaic in a way. Like it was set up before we had businesses operating in any capacity like they are today. So you needed things to be everyone in, everyone out at the same time. We don't really need that anymore. So sometimes it's talking with your team members to figure out what is the best time for them and making sure there's times where everybody can communicate but where people work and when people work on the other sides of that, those like communication hours can all be different. Yeah, 100%. I think nine to five, it, it's only for essential businesses, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, essential business, essentially. Sorry, <laughs> I did not mean to just say that word willingly twice. Um, but for me, and I think with a lot of managers, you don't care how the work gets done, when it gets done, as long as it gets done on time, the quality is there and you leave enough room before the deadline to go back and forth. You're, you're essentially following the same rules, but time is not necessarily needed every single day. You just have a deadline and you have milestones that you have to hit before that deadline. Yep. And I think managers are willing to get organized and you know, really break things down into easy bite-sized steps and have a really great task management software, then nine to five doesn't have to be a thing anymore. Right. 
Exactly. And I know one of the things you help with a lot of your clients is helping them become organized and figuring out those processes and everything that they need to put in place to have their business running smoothly. Yeah, 100%. That's one of my favorite things to do is uh, before, when, whenever someone comes to me and like, I'm thinking of hiring a virtual assistant, I'm so excited. Let's get to work. I'm like way back up though. Do you know exactly what it is that you want to delegate? Do you know how often you need these things to be done? I ask them a whole bunch of questions that you sometimes gets them overwhelmed. Um, but I'm like, don't worry. This is what we're going to figure out first. I just can't hire you as a VA client yet, but let's do a workshop and sit down and really identify what it is you want to take off your plate, um, how to get it organized. Because even if you know and you've identified, oh, hey, I want to take social media off my plate. It's like, all right, well, next question. Where do you pull up your, all of your pictures? Do you have branding photography? Do you have brand colors that you use? Do you have graphic templates for me to access? Like it's a whole other equation when it comes to organizing and creating a process that you're putting down on paper for someone else to do. It's not just living in your head and you're doing it for yourself. When you start to bring on a teammate, you need that organization and process set in place for that person to be able to take over. Right. So what you're saying, like re repeat it for everybody because it's such, so in line with what I tell people is you need to figure out what you're hiring for and what those processes are, what these people are going to be doing before you actually go and fill the position. Because if you don't have any of that in place, how is that person supposed to be doing their job? And also, how do you know you're hiring the right person? Exactly. Exactly. No, 100%. Organization processes. Always, always, always. Yeah. Yes. That's the, that's the core of any kind of growth is that you have to have those two things in place if you ever consider anyone else. You started talking a little bit about things that someone needs to do before they hire someone. And I know a lot of people out there, they're starting to hear more of this term virtual assistant, hire a VA gets thrown around a lot. So do you have any other tips of what people should do when they want to go hire a VA? I think they should definitely have the questions answered to where you know what you want to delegate, you know how often it needs to be done, you know what steps you want to do versus you want someone else to do, and also having the right mindset. That's really big because if you find it hard to delegate, to anyone in your life, then you're probably going to have a hard time having a VA or someone else on your team in general if you can't delegate. So I think learning to delegate and really practicing giving away things is going to be very helpful for when you start growing your team, if it's a virtual assistant, contractor, or a part-time employee. So right. that is always essential. And I think that's universal. So you have to learn how to delegate. If, if you're very type A, you got to learn how to be type B and roll with it. <laughs> yeah. And I would say if you don't have any team members, yeah, one of the good ways to learn how to delegate is if you do have kids or you know, a roommate or someone around you that you can hand over stuff to them. That's a great place to start seeing your, your delegation habits and your ability to give up control. Yes. And honestly, once you start doing it, it becomes sort of addicting. You're just like, oh my gosh, like I, I really trust this person. They've shown me great work. They've given me no reason not to delegate. 
And then all of a sudden the flood, the floodgates open and you're like, okay, I need you to handle these five things. And then they end up becoming such a, a, an integral part of your team. That relationship is there. You both trust each other. You guys both find the work fulfilling and it ends up being a really great situation. But one thing that I would caution about some of that is once you start hiring people, typically you're hiring someone for specific things. You've hired someone because they have a certain skill set. So you need to make sure when you delegate that you don't just get so comfortable of handing everything off to someone when you find this a great VA because it might not actually be in their wheelhouse and they might do it. They might be one of those people that's like, yes, let me take on anything. I'll figure it out. But you also have to make sure that you're giving the tasks to the best person. So sometimes that means hiring a second person versus filling up someone's plate. 100%. I think whenever you're feeling ready to give a virtual assistant more things to do, you have to remember what that virtual assistant's niche is and also just ask them. I think being very communicative and being like just asking a weekly update like, hey, I'm thinking about giving you this. Do you have experience with it? If not, that is okay. If so, great. Let me know what the new rate is, how this is going to affect pricing. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of first time uh, entrepreneurs and bosses, when they first hire a virtual assistant, they, they do do that. They give them everything. They think that they can do everything and they're not really cognizant of how that affects the virtual assistant the virtual assistant has things that they specifically want to do and they have things that they don't want to do, or they know that they know someone better that can do it. Um, so being open-minded and allowing a VA to say, Hey, I'm not comfortable doing that without them feeling, you know, penalized that they couldn't take on the job. I think that's really important too, is for the person to make the virtual assistant or their teammate, you know, feel good with expressing that they can't do something because that's that's very much a reality with virtual assistants like yeah everything and we're like no please please no <laughs> right and I feel like there's so many VAs that are so amazing they're so great they become a part of people's businesses and then they forget that the VAs are technically a business of their own that you're hiring a business and even if that, that VA is a business of one to do work for you. And the one thing I always like try to remind people is remember your virtual assistant is an independent contractor. They're their own business. So think of it this way. You might have a plumber coming into your house and they do great work, but you're not going to go ask them to mow the yard just because the yard needs mowing and they might have a few extra hours to spare because it's outside of their zone of genius. And the virtual assistants that you work with, They've created their business around, like you said, those things that they love to do, their niche, the things that that are in their wheelhouse, their zone of genius. So you don't want to always be asking your VA to do something, something outside of that zone of genius because it might not be the best work because they don't love it as much. Or you're asking that business to shift their focus and learn something new for you that they have no intention on offering any other client. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Agreed. Yeah. I think it's always important to review, um, you know, what the independent contractor can and can't do, which they totally can on your blog. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, definitely make sure that that fits in your line of business. Cause I do think a lot as well that well, business owners like the idea of a virtual assistant, but they get disappointed when, you know, we're good about, you know, setting our boundaries and they, they're thinking, Oh, you're more of a, 
we want you more as part-time. We're like, no, that's never what I wanted. Like I didn't build my business to be your employee. So it's always good for people to really think about what kind of teammate and what kind of help that they want with VAs. It is very much independent contracts. Like we build our own life. We create our own schedule and we fit in your work and do it amazingly um, because of those boundaries and, you know, what we niche in. Yes. Yes, exactly. Do you have any tips for people who are like, oh, maybe a VA is right for me about when it might be a good time to consider bringing a v- VA onto their business? Yes. So if you know that you have a budget, that's going to be your guiding light into what kind of virtual assistant you want. So think about how much you're willing to spend and versus what you want to delegate. And before you even get to that process, you're, the moment you know that you probably want a VA is when you're going through your first growing pains. Like you're within your first, first, second, third year of business, you've got things down to a science for you, but you're noticing with success of your business that you're becoming busier and you're dropping things like spending more time with your family, like self-care items, like face masks or drinking a glass of wine on a Friday night. I don't know. Anything that you, that you're now compromising or items, uh, in business, like, Oh, I have not been able to write any blogs. That's been really good for my business. I just haven't had time to. So if you're noticing like you're just out of balance in personal and business because your business is growing and it's doing amazing, that's when I usually step in and I'm like, Hey, might be time for you to hire a virtual assistant because you know it's low overhead for the business owner um and we help set up you know a a better way to grow and also getting all those things off of your plate so you can feel more balanced in and out of the office so those first growing pains and of course more growing pains will happen after that and at that point if you really love working with a virtual assistant you just approach them about upping their hours or, you know, just amending the contract. So yeah, I would say growing pains, always growing pains. (laughs) That's when you know. Yes. Yeah. There comes a point in business where your business can't expand because you don't have the time to do anything more, you know? So if you're always trading, I can do this or I can do this, but I don't have time for both. Then, then yeah, those are good signs that it's time to start bringing in the help that's going to get you to the point where you can do your business can do everything it needs to do. So I know you talked a little bit about how sometimes people come to you because they're saying I'm ready for a virtual assistant and you're like, hold up, not quite yet. We need to figure things out. And you have, I think you mentioned um, some workshops to help people figure out how to or what to hand off and how to prepare yourself for this hire. So can you talk more about those? Sure. So I have two major workshops. One of them is what to outsource to a VA. And that's where we spend a couple of hours together and we chat about what you initially want to delegate, but then we go deeper into it. And I'm like, okay, so what's the bigger picture though? What else are you missing? And we identify those things. We put it all together, create processes for those pain points And then we create a sheet, a task sheet that essentially lays everything out, how frequently a task or a project needs to be done. And that's 
essentially a rough outline of what you can give to a virtual assistant or to anyone and be like, hey, I need help with these things. This is how often I do it. And here's the process of how I do it and where everything's stored. Is this something that you can handle and you're familiar with? And they either say yes or no. So it's taking out a huge chunk of that process of you figuring it out and you're sitting down with us and we're we're figuring it out together. So that's the what is to what to outsource to a VA. The other one is scheduling 101. I think that sometimes a lot of people result resort to wanting to delegate to a VA immediately, but sometimes it's a scheduling thing. It's just your productivity, it's your focus. So this is where like the productivity coach uh, side of my business steps in because I'll sit down with you and address the pain points that you're thinking of delegating, but I'm asking why. You know, we're getting down to the root of what does your day-to-day -day look like and why isn't this working for you? Are you doing too much in one area when you could batch work it and not have to do it every single day or every single week? We're making adjustments to your schedule so then you have an ideal setup of how you can do everything and you don't have to outsource yet. So those are my two major workshops because sometimes when people do come to me and they're ready, it's like, well, maybe you have two options first before jumping into a commitment because that's also a nerve wracking concept of, you know, signing a contract and being committed to someone for six months or more, you know? So I, I offer those workshops as a way to get to know me and how I work and to help you do you before you hire us as a virtual assistant. Right. And I, I love that productivity one because besides having a leadership background and a people management background, I have a process improvement background and you learn so much when you're going through that of sometimes you have too many people on your staff because you have bad processes in place that you don't have everything figured out and people are taking 50 steps when it really only needs 10. So having someone help you figure out from an outsider's perspective, who's going to ask the tough questions of, does it really need to be done this way? Is there a better way to do it? Can we save time internally versus adding time through adding people is great. And something I think almost every business should go through when they're going to make those first few hires because you're so used to doing it yourself. You got into these routines. You started doing things at the beginning of your business because you were told, this is the thing that's going to earn you a million dollars. It's going to put you on the path to success. And you're still doing it, but is it actually needed? Is it a value-add task for your business? Are there things you can cut out? Are there things that you should be focusing more on? So having someone from the outside help you with all that, like what you do, Kristen, is, is amazing. It's so needed. Yes. Thank you so much. And it, it's been interesting to offering that scheduling 101 and productivity coaching in tandem with virtual assistants, because a lot of people are like, well, you could be getting more money with virtual assistants. I'm like, but that's not what I do what I do. Like I help people do them in the best efficient balanced way possible. So if that means that I have to give up a potential contract to, because I really think that, you know, it's just a matter of productivity and time and process and organization for a person, I'm going to have them do that. I don't care if that costs me less. That gives them more time to really think about how they want to bring on someone else in six months or one year down the road when they actually need it. And, you know, so that you, you never want a business spending money when they don't need to just yet. So 
Exactly. Um, and I, and I love that because you might think about it and people might say, but you can get bigger contracts now. But if you're providing more value, isn't that the better thing to do? Because from a business owner's perspective, if I go and hire a VA and then I'm working with you for like, let's say a year, two years, but it's really not moving the needle forward in my business the way I need to, then maybe that was two years of expenses that were wasted. If I can go in and you can help me figure out exactly how things need to be and how to be more productive and I'm able to thrive in that zone and then know, okay, now I now I'm to the point where I actually need to hire because we've created these amazing processes and I can no longer do it on my own. Where's the first place they're gonna go? Probably to you. You've already provide them, provided them tremendous value. They were able to stop an expense in their business by hiring before they needed to, possibly reduce other expenses if there's other things you're working out that they were paying for that they didn't need. So you've already proved your value to them as a valuable team member. So they know when they go back to you, either one, you're going to be completely honest to say, yeah, this is something my company can take on. We're happy to do it for you. Here's what I can do. Here's the contract. Or once again, providing that value of I'm not the right person here's some great referrals. You've built that trust with them. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day is that you need to build trust within your business. So if you're thinking of hiring a VA, take your time, make sure that you're hiring someone that you trust Mm -hmm. or you're going to someone who's going to refer someone that is trustworthy. So it all comes down to that because if you don't trust the person, then it's a waste of everything, your time, your delegation and your money. Yeah. So Yeah. So if people are interested in signing up for those workshops or getting in touch with you for any reason, how can people get in touch with you? Sure thing. So classic millennial way, you can always slide in my DMs. It's at Bow and Bast on all social. But if you want to, you know that you want to talk to me face to face and by face to face, I mean Zoom calls. (laughs) You can go to my website at bowandbass.com. For each of the services, it links either to my email or it links to my calendar and you just book a time, give me some dates and we will hop on a call and get you started. The workshops, I know that I will be doing a summer special very soon. So keep an eye out on that. We're going to do some value ads for workshops soon. So, but feel free. Yes. Contact me for anything. If you just want to pick my brain, you're not sure what area you're in yet when it comes to growth let me know. Well, you actually, you or I can literally help you out with that. Yes, Yes, exactly. And I'll be sure to share all those links so you can get in touch with Kristen in the show notes. All right. So we are coming to the ends, which means I have one more question that I like to ask everybody. So we've all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager you have had. And can you share with us just one thing that made them stand out as a great leader to you? So funny enough, I knew that obviously this question will be asked and we actually already talked about her. <laughs> so I figured that I, might I, be the case. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we already touched on it. Uh, do I have to think of another person? But her name is Cheryl Parrish. She is the CEO owner of Marketing and Color Inc. here in Tampa, Florida. She was my very last um, company boss, everything before um, she helped me figure out what I wanted to do, and that was to go out on my own. So she was my very last touch with 
corporate world, even though the agency was so much fun and the culture was so great that it didn't feel corporate. So she is by far the best leader that I've ever had. And she is just so personable and really cares about her people. And I wouldn't be here today without her. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you, Kristen, for coming on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much, Jamie. It was an absolute pleasure. And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Do you have questions about anything discussed in today's episode? Or do you have other questions related to hiring and managing your team? Then I invite you to join us over in the Growing Your Team Facebook community. The group is designed to provide you support as you grow and manage the team who will save you time and earn both you and your business more. So come on over and join us in the Growing Your Team Facebook group and let's grow you the team that you need and deserve. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.